Hello and welcome to How to E-Commerce podcast by Almond. We present our second episode, Retail Technology and Trends. This evening, you'll be listening to our guest speaker, Melissa Austria, with our hosts, Shruti Shah and Prem Shankar. Hello everyone, I'm Shruti Shah and I'm an e-commerce specialist at Almond. Almond is a marketing automation platform for D2C brands to drive intelligent customer engagement on e-commerce platforms. I'm passionate in knowing about plant-based CPG brands because every life matters, right? Whether it's human or animal, and we need to save them from being extinct. Veganism is one way of doing it. I also love to style clothes because that's something what I'm fond of. You know, the idea where you can reuse the old clothes and style them in a way that just brings out your personality is something I'm fond of. So, Melissa, it would be really great if you gave us a few styling tips to all of us later on the show. Well, dear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> moving on to Prem, yeah. Yeah, this is Prem. I currently lead our marketing efforts uh, at Almond and um, I'm also the co-founder of this uh, content marketing company where we primarily work again with uh, DTC brands in the US. Um, so, as, as Shruti rightly said, uh, Almond is the core of uh, marketing automation and understanding your consumer better so that you are uh, catering the required content to them at the right place and uh, we are just getting on that journey of creating the product and it's it's very very exciting to see and uh, uh, thank you all everyone for joining for this conversation um, with uh, uh, with Melissa. So how do e-commerce is a club and a post- podcast by Almond which is a marketing automation platform as you already said. Today, everyone can get their things done on internet because of the availability of tools. So we aim to support the entrepreneurs who already have a direct-to-consumer store or who want to start it. We want to support them with the right information and knowledge for them to to do their things and for them to connect with the right people in achieving building an e-commerce space. And we have Melissa Austria today who is the founder of GodStyle. Godstyle is the, uh, an award-winning retail brand focused on helping uh, men and women uh, dress better to boost up their personal style. Uh, Godstyle carries uh, over 30 international local brands, um, each one selected to fit the different needs, lifestyles and body types of the, of the, of the customers. Um, and if they don't have, don't have what they're looking for, they can make it for you. Um, Godstyle offers an extensive range of custom tailoring options for, for uh, the people who walk in. Um, uh, Melissa has worked uh, with major departmental stores, uh, which helped her, which had helped her in the beginning of her male consumer very intricately, and uh, hence the needs of the industry. After the inspirations and the learnings uh, through her career, she founded a concept for men. Two thousand. Uh, Godstyle offered of international local brands. Um, further, the brand also added another necessities to complete head-to-toe styling uh, of, uh, of the customer. Uh, in 2013, uh, um, the second store was launched um, where uh, there was also a ladies section along with the men's section and uh, along with that there was also the launch of the online store. Cost style is not just about fashion but it's also about great style. Uh, over to you, Melissa, if you could just sort of begin by giving us a small um, uh, your career and what uh, what excites you. 
Well, I think you did a good job there, Prem. I think uh, what excites me right now is the rapid change of what's happening in retail. This was definitely pushed forward by COVID. And I think there were a lot of smaller independent retail stores that didn't have online capabilities. And if you didn't have online, you had to go online starting 2020. So it's just um, interesting to see how the push of change, it was already happening, but definitely 2020 and COVID pushed the change a lot faster, not only for bigger retail stores, but also for independent stores. So it's definitely a big learning curve that everyone needs to go through right now, which I find is very exciting because the industry is changing rapidly. Yeah, definitely. I think um, in our conversations today as well, um, hope, um, like, you know, we'll probably touch upon some of these topics and get you out of it where we're headed on and, uh, you know, hopefully add value to the, to the people who are tuning in uh, on the podcast and as well as right now. So, uh, Shruti, if you could just sort of begin by giving us a small uh, introduction to uh, the topic and what we might be discussing today, and then we'll jump right into some of the questions that we have for Melissa. Yes, I do that. So, uh, modern retail technology. Uh, our topic for today is retail and technology trends. So, basically, modern retail technology is changing everything about shopper expectations and retail operations. Instead of shopping from stores and herding themselves into checkout lines, consumers can now order a product from their phone and have it delivered to their doorstep. doorstep and it's become very customized and personalized as of now. So e-commerce is booming. Growth projections estimate that by 2023, retail store sales will exceed $29.7 trillion worldwide. Already, 40% of Americans say that online shopping has become an integral aspect of how they acquire goods and services. Also, 88% of retailer design, design decision makers say the, uh, their company has a digital transformation initiative, which is a 10% increase since 2018. So if the, the larger the company, the more likely it is to be heavily invested in going digital. And if retailers and brands want to create a sustainable, profitable business, technology investments are a must. So there's a widespread agreement that technology is needed to remain comp- competitive and build personalized and convenient experiences. So in fact, more than 80% of participants say that retail technology has the potential to add millions of dollars to their company's profits. In the past, businesses only had two options, either sell products or sell services. But now, it's uh, people want, the customers want unique shopping experience. Because 95% of retailer decision makers say that the technology investments have impacted customer experiences positively, which is a good sign. So entertainment isn't just for theaters and amusement parks anymore. Using shop attainment or entertaining retailers are learning to use stores to bolster customer participation and connection. On that note, Melissa, we would, uh, we would all want to know what you think about the topic. I think that it's not only, uh, like I mentioned, big box retailers or bigger retailers that have to think about technology. I think it is every single type of retail store that has to be part of this digital digital transformation. But I think the thing that is different now than it was a couple of years ago is that the cost of entry is no longer as high as it used to be. 
So it's really easy for someone, um, smaller business owner who does not have the technology background to enter into this without having to put a lot of money out and without having to have the knowledge. And I think that's one thing that's uh, really, really encouraging for a lot of retailers. It doesn't have to be so daunting and it doesn't have to be a huge output. About, um, you know, about creating experiences uh, uh, for your customers in in your store. Um, How do you feel that you were able to do that? uh, uh, Melissa, like because uh, in retail that's all the more important, and, and you know now um, and in online as well, there are various ways to keep your customer engaged throughout your website and you know move them down the funnel. And more technically speaking, um, so uh, what do you miss about that process? About you know interacting with your customers and and you know uh, how how are you dealing with that? Well, for us, we added in uh, virtual shopping, so we're still able to interact with a customer via you know FaceTime, WhatsApp, via Zoom. So I think that has added on a new layer of communication with the customer. So I don't think we can you know talk about in-store, online. It's pretty much wherever the customer wants to engage with you is where you need to engage with the customer. So there's so many different points of contact that you do have to be aware of them all at all times. So it's, you know, you're getting DM'd on your Instagram, you're getting messages on your Facebook. We're doing the virtual consultations. Um, Even the old fashioned way of people picking up the phone, calling the store, asking for help. Those are all still ways that we're engaging with a customer, even though our physical location is closed during COVID. And then when we come back to being open again, we always did a lot of um, entertainment for our clients. So we used to host a lot of events for our, our customers at the store. And I think once we reopen, we'll be doing that again, but it will be on a much more smaller scale. So more intimate get togethers, more focused networking, and really ways of trying to bring back that community aspect for our customers. Cause a lot of people haven't seen each, seen people for a year. So I think they will be really excited to find a way to get together and especially if you can have their local neighborhood store being the one to facilitate that get together. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I think it's, uh, like you said, uh, where the customer is, uh, the brands need to be there right now. And, and um, um, like, you know, you were adopting to Zoom and, and to be able to virtually sell um, is itself a move that you had taken to immediately uh, adapt to where the customers are and, um, and make their buying journey much easier. So, um, yeah, right. So, Melissa, our first question was, so today small and mid-sized business owners have access to become becoming digital first, right? So, what would be your advice to not technological strong business owners to become technologically strong? So, what products to uh, use to make your customer experience better or what are the tools required basically? I would definitely say um, getting a good store. For us, we're on Shopify. Shopify has really changed how they work with uh, the business owner in the sense that their platform is so easy to work with. There's very, very little programming that you need to do to get done on it. Someone like me who is not a strong technical person, I can 
definitely do 90% of the stuff that I need to on the Shopify site myself. And then for the other 10%, where there does need to be a little bit of programming, it's super easy just to hire somebody on um, on Upwork and get them to do that, that work. But they've made the platform super, super easy, which I think is key. And there's definitely a lot of, there's almost too many apps that are available for retailers. And I think that's probably the most difficult part is that I am bombarded with different things in terms of, um, you know, AI, um, video, uh, different ways of communicating with our customers. It takes a while to go through everything. So that's sort of been, um, I guess, the challenge. But right now, since we are closed, we are testing out different things with Shopify to see what works. So we've added, you know, live stream shopping. We've added Shopify video. We're changing our email platform. We're adding SMS. Um, we've got in um, different, um, sorry, um, CRMs that we're experimenting with. So we're just trying out a, diff- a lot of different things to see what's going to work. Mm-hmm. It's sort of it's trial by error. It's really because we've got the time, and I think you do have to make the time. Um, it's a lot of research on defining what apps are the best to tie in with Shopify, but I think sort of top level, it's what do you really want to accomplish? And the main goal is you always want to be talking to the customer in as many different ways as possible. So what are the apps that are going to allow you to tell your story the best way possible? And for us, we always find that it's video. We find for our customers, they need to be told a story. So video can tell that story the best. So what are the best video apps that we can use with Shopify? And let's test them out. You know, video helps in uh, knowing customers, which is actually a very great thing because storytelling is the future. Uh, only when you connect to customers is uh, when you get customers is uh, what I believe in. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think like what you said, right, about uh, Shopify sort of uh, ties back to the, something you were saying in the beginning as well, which is uh, that it's the the entry uh, into setting up an online business, the entry into digitizing a business has, has become so much easier now, and Shopify has done that uh, perfectly because like anybody, uh, like without any uh, technological background, anybody can set up a store and start selling, which is really the beauty of the platform itself. Um, so you were talking a lot about uh, video, Melissa, and that's very interesting because um, uh, any, any thoughts on, let's say, the, the, the I wouldn't even say the future because uh, the, the use cases are, are being seen uh, quite, uh, you know, quite rapidly now. Um, so any, any thoughts on how uh, you believe that uh, augmented reality or, or virtual reality um, in, in form of um, the buyer's journey, um, how do you think that might affect the way uh, fashion e-commerce will, will be happening in the future? I know that they've definitely been talking about VR in fashion for a couple of years. I don't know, and, I'm, and what I've seen in VR is a sense that you can, you know, put on the glasses and you can pretend that you are in the store. Um, I mean, we're definitely doing a little bit of that now with some of the video walkthrough that we're doing with the store. For for VR, I think it's, that is one thing that I think would cost a lot to do in terms of having to film that process. 
And I don't know if that's good enough for the customer, if it's really, it's, it's really worth the, <laughs> you know, the, the time and effort for VR yet. I'm not sure how it's gonna impact retail because it's not really transformative for the customer. So until they can figure that out, to me, the way VR would work would be you put the glasses on and then all of a sudden you're, you know, a guy going to a club and you're getting led into the VIP room. That should be the transformation. And until they can figure out how that's going to work in retail, I don't know if it's going to be effective because what's in it for the customer. That's true. Yeah. I think, um, Angel, Angel, like you said, I think the, until the journey to the customer is much easier. Um, the, the problem, uh, or not the problem, the barrier to entry is always going to be high. Um, yeah. So, uh, how do RTMs work for fashion trends? You know, for example, for example, uh, recently when the George Floyd case outcome happened and the felony was charged, a lot of people focused on buying fashion that is focused on supporting this cause. So, how do brands understand these RTMs? And also, at the same point, how do they support these uh, cases? And uh, do social listening tools help? Um, so, what is RTM for? And your I'm not familiar with that sure. RTM is uh, real-time marketing, Melissa. So, oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. So you 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 convey a point about something as and when it happens. Like it might be a uh, like a meme trend and something as as pivotal as as what uh, Shruti was just explaining. I think if you, as a retail store, social causes need to be part of your DNA. If it's not part of your DNA to jump on the bandwagon every time something happens. I think you come across as being inauthentic. So I think you've got to be careful with that. Um, for us, one of the things that we believed in was carrying Canadian designers. So that's something that we will make sure we do all the time. I am not necessarily going to change my focus or my story based on what's happening socially out there because it's not one of my core values. So I think if that is your core value as a store, that's great, but I don't, I think you really have to be careful not to jump on that trend because I think it could end up hurting you as opposed to helping. That makes sense. I mean, um, like it, if, even if it is uh, a trend or, or something that everyone is talking about, it, if it isn't ingrained in your brand's ethos, you wouldn't want to just do it because everybody else is doing it. Um, so that makes absolute sense. Um, and. Uh, yeah, so you were talking about how uh, uh, you uh, use Shopify now and you're spending a lot of time to see how to use it more effectively and how to, uh, you know, make your customer's journey much easier. Um, uh, how, have you, have you, how have you used uh, a technology uh, in this process, uh, uh, Melissa? Like, I mean, even if it is something like, uh, like uh, is there, uh, are there certain plugins that you use or, or like, uh, how do you track your, the, uh, the key metrics for your business? For example, your, your return on ad spends, your cost of acquisition, your lifetime value and things like that. Just some of the top of my mind that, uh, that you know, uh, that are crucial to any online business. Um, how do you track these? And like, you know, most importantly, uh, given that all this data is being gathered, how are you able to uh, draw insights from these activities and, and you know, action them? Um, so if you could sort of elaborate a little bit on any maybe potential uh, technological tools that you use, even if it's some small plugin or something like that, um, and how do you track the key metrics of your business and, and draw insights from the same? 
I would say that's probably one of the main key pain points that most retailers have. There's too much data out there. So in addition to, you know, your Google Analytics, I'm looking at my Shopify Analytics, then I'm looking at my ad spend analytics for Facebook and Instagram, then I'm looking at my Instagram analytics. So it's so kind of ironic that we're so we're closed, but I've never been busier because I'm trying to analyze all this data. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy and for me I have not found the one solution that is one dashboard that brings in everything together. So that is definitely one of my pain points is that I'm constantly looking at probably six or seven different analytical dashboards that I've got to try to figure everything together. And I'm definitely sort of looking at everything in silos as opposed to the overall picture. So yes, definitely a big pain point for, I think a lot of retailers, big or small. Um, for us right now, it is definitely sort of building our digital staff in terms of what we're using as our platform. So starting off with Shopify, you know, you've got your email marketing, you've got your social channels that you're using. Um, again, like I mentioned, we're doing live videos. So we're using um, a couple, we're testing out a couple different live apps. We've got our CRM program that we're using. Um, and definitely trying to make sure that all of them are talking to each other is a big issue. For example, you want to make sure that there's not a lot of crossover. So, you know, I'm looking at Clavio to start doing my email marketing, but I'm also looking at Yapato for um, sort of for reviews. Um, uh, plus I do a lot of referral programs. They also, they have an SMS program. You know, Clavio has an SMS program. So it's sort of trying to balance out all the different plugins, all the different apps that we have to make sure that there is no crossover because a lot of them do have things that um, multiple apps do multiple things. So trying to get that organized, I will say is definitely a little bit of a, a headache. I don't know if that fully answered your question, but that's sort of the process that we're going through now and I'm sure other stores are going through now. It is very difficult to manage everything. Right, right. I think, yeah, that's that's a very common pain point. And, and you know, some of the some of the platforms that you're mentioning, I think, are, are uh, consistently doing some good work. Uh, Yotpo and uh, Clavio and uh, Postscript. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting that how um, uh, so many problems that are that are common among so many uh, you know users as well, and um, yeah, but yeah, nobody's so, found a solution yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. We are, we are uh, sort of what we're building at Almond as well is sort of uh, at the center of understanding the customer better, and um, you know how content can help to reach the customer better, so that based on what's happening in real time, what the person sees in form in, in forms of content is, is of absolute relevance. And uh, because content at scale is the name of the game right now, so because every customer is different and the needs for them from that brand is gonna be different as well. Um, so that's sort of what uh, we uh, are working on and what we're gonna be uh, you know, launching as well. Um, so over to you, Shruti. And that's something else that I haven't even talked about as a retailer. 
not only are you analyzing everything and testing out so many different new apps, we're also, we're all, all content generators. So it's kind of, again, we've got the time right now because we're closed, but we've got two Instagram sites. So we're posting daily, we're doing reels, we're doing stories, we're doing lives. We've got Facebook that we're posting. We've got Pinterest that we're posting. We've got long form blog posts that we're trying to write. Um, I'm trying to post on, uh, do videos for YouTube and for LinkedIn and do stories. So it's kind of funny when people think retail, they think all you're doing is, you know, opening up the door and waiting for people to come to the store to buy product. And retail is so not that anymore. It's such a diverse, you know, platform of work that you've got to do as a retail owner that I don't think people fully understand what's involved with it. That's true. I mean, uh, with, with retail brands, especially it's, um, it's, it's, it's so crucial uh, that, you know, like, like any other brand actually to be uh, present across multiple platforms in the, in the real world, in the digital world, and, and now more so in the digital world to be able to influence decisions in the real world. So, um, yeah, I guess that's, uh, it's, it's really cool that, that, you know, you're, that, uh, you're looking at this, uh, from a positive light and, and you're using the time effectively to create the content that will, uh, that will serve your brand on the longer, um, in the long, for a long time to come. So, so the biggest difference between, you know, we're as small business owners or independent business owners, we're trying to do the same stuff that the bigger brands are doing, but the biggest difference is a bigger brand have a team of, a, you know, they'll have a team of 20 people that's part of their digital, you know, digital team versus a lot of independent stores are doing this with. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I guess that, that liberty is uh, quite the exciting part. It is. I mean, I guess the good thing is that at least we can pivot and try. We can test and try a lot quicker compared to bigger brands. So for me, that would be a good indication for companies that do have apps to reach out to smaller stores and get them to test it. Right, right, makes sense, yeah. Okay, so Melissa, uh, with third party cookie, uh, cookies taking an exit soon, the future is all about storytelling. So how do you see technology prospering it and will, uh, you know, will uh, knowing the customer, uh, will knowing the customer better help, you know, in the future? I think knowing the customer better, of course, will help. And that's definitely, you know, us gathering the data on our customers, which means definitely having a better, um, better systems in place, which is why we're moving to Clavio because we do not have a segmented enough, uh, email list. And we're definitely making the mistake of just sending out, you know, one big email as opposed to really segmenting it more. So learning about the customer, I think, um, with different apps will help us. And then I think, like I said, the advent of video will definitely make that conversation with the customer much more personalized. We are looking at a couple of different apps where um, the email will be more of a tailored individual email just for that specific customer based on what their past purchases were. So we're hoping to get to a point to really distill it down to that level. Yeah, right. Because personalization is important because only if a customer is uh, relating to uh, what you're trying to say is uh, when they would be attracted to the uh, products that you're selling and all that stuff. 
Yeah, I get it. Makes sense. So it's just a matter of trying to. I wouldn't say necessarily scale that. I think it's just finding the right to, the right app to do that, and you're really just going to do that on your top clients anyway and test it out with them. But I think to get that video message as opposed to like another generic email, I think would definitely have a good, uh, a strong ROI. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and I think uh, um, as well, this this the whole um, adoption to e-commerce has been you know catapulted by by at least a decade uh, in in countries across the world. Um, so. Um, so for, for businesses that are that are primarily retail and are now looking at e-commerce as as a revenue of of revenue, um, not as an option but but as a dire need right now. Um, how do you think they should be uh, they should be able to sort of manage this demand that is growing and and uh, like you know any tips for perhaps a fashion retailer uh, retailer uh, in terms of moving online and, and how they should navigate that change uh, because the, the business metrics and everything they, they are going to be looking at is going to be significantly different. Um, so what are your views on this shift and, and uh, what what the next you know uh, two years might hold? I think the main thing is that uh, if you don't have an online site, you need to get an online site. And not to be scared of the technology because the platforms are definitely trying to make it as easy as possible. When we did our first online uh, site, I think it probably cost us, you know, $60,000 and it took, you know, a year to build. Our next site that we built on Shopify took $5,000 and took three weeks. So, like I said, the cost to entry has significantly gone down to make it super easy for everyone to play in that space. So I think it's just for a lot of retailers, don't be scared of the technology because they've made it so user-friendly that anybody can start an online store. And if somebody tells you that you need to pay a lot of money and it's going to cost you, you know, X amount, don't listen to them because you can do it yourself or at least definitely do it at a lower cost than even a year ago. That makes perfect sense. And I think coming from uh, somebody like you who's sort of, you know, been there, done that, will, will, will really, really add a lot of value to uh, uh, to somebody who's going to listen in. So, um, you know, finally what I want to ask was sort of, sort of the pressing uh, question, uh, right? Because um, with e-commerce, what is also true is that the the level, the playing field is, is, is more even than ever, which means that with the likes of your H&M and Primark and and even a Uniqlo and all of these brands going direct to consumer now, uh, how can a brand uh, that is, you know, uh, largely the underdog, what can a brand do to fight against this this large marketing, um, you know, um, uh, uh, like marketing dollars firing on all pistons? Uh, so how can uh, an underdog brand um, sort of fight the larger players and still hold a market share because with the online world, the play, with the play field is a lot more even. Um, so any, any tips on that front, uh, uh, Melissa? I think you've just got to not care about those guys in a certain way and not worry about them and realize that your niche is different than what they're going after and just try to find a way to give 
what your customers who don't like shopping in those places want, which is a more personalized, customized experience. So, you know, going back to, um, I know what you guys were talking about yesterday was sustainability. I think you can, I think that whole thing of fast, fast, fast fashion, a lot of people are trying to get away from. So if you're offering them and telling them a story about the clothes that you have in the store, that it's made in this, you know, family owned factory in, you know, Italy, and they've been in, you know, third generation, and you're telling a story about the clothing that these guys can't, I think that puts you at an advantage. And then you've got to find a way to tell those stories when you're selling online. That's why perfectly put, uh, I think like, I think now for a brand, it's, it's, uh, it's all the more important to be as human as possible. And, and I think that's the real superpower that, that, uh, that a small and medium business owns right now as, a, as, as, uh, when, uh, when, when fighting the, um, the larger players and, um, and you, su- you summarize that quite well. Um, so any, any closing remarks from your side, uh, Melissa, and then we'll see if anybody has, has any questions to ask. Um, no, I would just say that you, you just have to jump in. Um, I mean, I don't think there's that many people opening up the store right now that are opening stores that just have a digital component that don't actually have a physical brick and mortar. I personally believe in brick and mortar. I still think it's here to stay, but I do think you can grow as a brand with digital without having to expand your physical footprint. And I think that's what makes retail very interesting right now. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that, you know, like, um, brick and mortar is definitely going to be, uh, especially with fashion, it's, it is going to be a very, very large driver of, of, of decisions with regard to, you know, what people want to put, uh, what people want to wear. So, so what stage is your app right now in terms of being, yeah, so we are about, um, close to about two and a half to three and a half weeks from uh, re- um, releasing our first product. We are right now in, in beta stage. We have about four or five people testing our product and giving us our um, sort of feedback on the go. So uh, in about uh, three and a half to four weeks, we should be able uh, to release a product into the market. Right now, we are sort of figuring out all the loopholes and ensuring that uh, the 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 first the first cut that we release is um, sort of has some of the prime features that we wanted to begin with, and then we will be building constantly on top of that. So the main focus of the app is to help analyze uh, the Shopify analytics, correct? Yep, Shopify and uh, social media being a very big part of it. Yeah, we um, want to understand. Um, the, the problems that you know Shopify uh, users like yourself face, and uh, see how we can incorporate that into this platform so that it's it's not too much overwhelming information coming at you all at once, but to sort of um, display it and and to, and to sort of um, give it in a manner that is easily consumable and uh, like insights can be drawn. So we use a lot of internal and external data to uh, to validate what we're doing. For example, that if um, if it is raining, 
uh, in a certain geographic and you have let's say uh, um, a raincoat uh, that that uh, that is in your product uh, catalog then you we would be able to push that to that person based on what's happening um, live in that area based on the weather so that's just one example of of you know um, what we would be able to do uh yeah so we would be creating different bio personas and then target the people based on the bio personas um, like who is who they are uh, what are they doing um, and you know capturing more and more data on the go is, is sort of the uh, the beauty of our platform yeah we we, we are very excited uh, for uh, you know for shopify folks to try it out so we will definitely keep you informed <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, thank you, Melissa, for joining us today and taking your time out to uh, to have this session with us. Um, I hope you had a good time, and um, thank you for taking your time out on the weekend, especially. Perfect. Well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Melissa. Great. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for a new episode next week. If there's any topic you want us to talk about on our next show, just email us at hello@almond.io. At Until then, goodbye.